You're listening to the Beat the Streets National Podcast. And how they can carry out these lessons that they learn through the sport. That's what I love about wrestling. It teaches you to keep grinding. It shapes your character. Unlike any other sport I participated in. And I met a lot of meaningful people. Everything we do is based off education first. Safe haven. It's safe for all the kids in come. I feel really, really blessed. And that's when it really started becoming incredibly impactful. We have such inspirational student-athletes that come through our program. All right, everyone, welcome to the very first episode of the Beat the Streets National Podcast. I'm Raleigh Peterkin. I'm so excited to be here to share some amazing stories from the Beat the Streets community. And I'm joined today by Beat the Streets National Executive Director and a longtime friend of mine, Ben Ryder. Ben, welcome. Thanks, Riley. It's great to be here with you. I'm just, I'm so excited that you're doing this and we have so many inspirational people coming through the Beat the Streets organization and that you're taking the time to share some of their stories and grateful to be here with you today and and uh, catch up and, and chat a bit about what's going on in, in Beat the Streets. Yeah, it's it's amazing getting to hear these stories, as you said, and to talk with, with you today. And, you know, just for the Listeners, this is this will be the first episode we've recorded. A few other episodes, some of the the members of the Beat the Streets community, but we just want to explain, you know, what our kind of purposes are here and some of the goals for the podcast. And so, Ben, you and I used to do a podcast for Beat the Streets Philly, and it was just so uh, it was so inspirational just hearing from some of the members of the community and really getting personal stories and in a way that you can't kind of get in text or across other media. And so, you know, like just hearing these personal stories and the impact and some of the amazing things being done in, in the community was just so satisfying. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I remember when we first talked about that idea for Beat Streets Philly, and it's, it's tough to capture everything in an article or a newsletter. Just when you hear someone's voice and their journey's with the organization, through the organization. I mean, we Beat the Streets is just, I'm so grateful and, and honored to be a part of this organization because it's changing lives. You know, our youth are inspirational. Our coaches are inspirational. Our, our, our families and, and uh, leaders in this organization. So it's just really, it's an honor and awesome to hear just, in, and it's almost like it's it's impossible to capture everything, but I'm glad that we're doing this so, so we can kind of to share some of what's going on and, and the impact that this organization is having and the, and the amazing people. Yeah. I mean, we just heard from so many different members of the community, which is the coolest part, you know, like we heard from athletes, from graduates, the staff members and, and board members. And so it just really goes to show you how many different members there are of the community and the tremendous impact they're having. And it's this full circle, this kind of highlighting just all the amazing work that's being done. Yeah, you know, when I a lot of times when I talk to even people within the wrestling community that really are are plugged in, a, a lot of people think about Beat the Streets as like they know the event, they know the event that that happens in New York and all of the amazing, all of the really high level wrestlers that have competed there. And it comes to not everyone realizes the the, the work that's happening year round that there's that there's ten accredited Beat the Streets chapters across the country, reaching thirty seven cities. 8,400 youth across the country and the mission like this is about it's about changing lives and wrestling is a vehicle that we use to do that so it's good to get that mission out there and and there's no better way than just hearing hearing from some of the people involved yeah and what always blows my mind is just how many stories there are like you know when we first started I thought okay like I wonder how long this can run you know we're going to run out of people and it just doesn't seem like we you ever run out of people it seems like there's just so many uh, amazing actors from from top to bottom in the organization. Yeah, and no, I knew we would never run out. There's just we're already we're yeah, it's gonna be 
there's there's just so many incredible people like from our from our youth and alumni and coaches and our staff and our leadership and board members who's just there's and supporters there's just so there's so many amazing people that make this organization possible you know and i want to get into your story of how you got to where you are today uh with, with beat the streets and your journey with beat the streets but let's even go back a little bit further and you know you just talked about wrestling as a vehicle for for change and so you know talk a little bit about your own your youth and your wrestling career and, and kind of some of the lessons that it gave to you and how that went wrestling just like so many people that have support and are part of this organization and, and will share the sentiment. I know you'll share the sentiment, but it, it completely changed my life. It shaped me into the person I am today. The lessons I've learned through wrestling helped me be, helped me be a better father, a better husband, helped me be a better per human being, better in my, in the work that I do. I mean, all of these things in life. It also, it was, you know, a, a mentor coach, the sport of wrestling that kind of, that got me on a, that got me through some of the toughest moments of life too. that community. So I'll just go back to where I started when I started wrestling as a kid because my dad and my older brother both wrestled in college and they were just those were those were my role models those were the, the the people I looked up to I remember being a little kid seeing my seeing seeing my older brother wrestle in high school and just being like okay you know this is this is awesome I wanted to do that so I started I got into the sport I had I really started getting serious when, when it was offered at school in, in seventh grade. But since I was nine, I really kind of started doing some wrestling camp. And I was really bad at first, but I grew and got better. You know, I remember losing. I remember getting pinned my first match. And I remember thinking I was going to be good because my because my brother was good and and uh, thought it would just kind of happen. But definitely did not just happen. But put in, put in the work and got better and ended up wrestling at Penn with you. Uh, another thing like about wrestling, it really, it got me through, I say it got me through some of the hardest moments and hardest chapter of my life. It was when my brother died when I was nine years old, like our family was torn apart. There was a uh, child protection services investigating our family. It was all sorts of like our, our family was kind of, it was just, our family was torn apart and it was chaos. And it took me into a really dark place and I was making bad decisions. I was like, you know, I was getting on a really dark path and in a dark place and just didn't really care that much about life and all that. And, and when I, when I got on the wrestling team and just like, it helped me get focused. It helped me give me something really positive to put my energy towards, got me around some good people and things started changing for me. You know, I started just really concentrating on getting better on the mat, concentrating on getting better in school and, and opportunities started arising and, and uh, it totally changed the trajectory of my life. Absolutely. I know a lot of, for a lot of people it has. Yeah. So, you know, we got to know each other in, in college wrestling uh, for the University of Pennsylvania. And one of the things that always impressed me from like the first day I met you was that you were so socially conscious and you're so into social impact and you were working for, uh, you were, you were volunteering with Big Brothers Big Sisters and you had gone to volunteer in other countries and then eventually it led you to, to South America. And, you know, where does that come from that drive deep inside you? You're such a caring person. Like even just as a friend, it's something that uh, I know really, really drives you to help others. Well, yeah, thanks for, thanks for saying that Raleigh. And you know, I just, I believe that I believe it's our, a big part of our purpose on this earth. You know, I think God put us here to, we're supposed to look after each other. We're supposed to, we're supposed to think what we could do for others around us. And, and that that's where you really find true fulfillment in life. So I have that, that core belief. Um, and then I've just felt it time and time again. Like it's, it's great to, 
to have goals and, and personal goals and thinking about like, but it's when you're only, if those goals are like only kind of self-centric, then life ends up big feeling empty, I think. And uh, you have a, a fulfilling life when you are thinking about what can we do for others? How can we, how can we kind of make this, make the world a better place and, 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 and do something for, for society and for those around us. So, I mean, and I think so many people do that in, in, in different ways and, and, and everybody, you know, nobody can do everything, but every, everyone can do something. And I just feel, I feel grateful that I'm a part of this organization where I feel like, okay, I could do work that I believe in each and every day that, that I know is making a, a, a really, a really positive difference in, in the lives of the youth we serve and the, in the communities we serve in a really significant way. Like we're changing lives and, and making the world a better place. And it's awesome to see and awesome to be a part of. Yeah, so you then graduate college and your journey of helping others takes you to some uh, to an unusual place. And so talk about what the next chapter of your life was about. Well, right after college, I was looking, you know, I thought it would be a good idea to serve abroad. I was looking at different volunteer programs, came across a program that was doing work in the outskirts of Arequipa, Peru. These areas called Pueblos Jovenes, which are basically like new settlements where you're really just getting people kind of migrating from the rural parts and coming down from the Andes Mountains and trying to, well, basically what it sounds like, you're trying to get some infrastructure going on there. There's no, but there's no running water. There's no electricity. There's no school set up. There's like, it's really just kind of trying to piece together and get a town together. But you have, you have people migrating there to get work from a larger city, work opportunities from a larger city, but there's, there's a lot of gaps and needs there. So anyway, I landed in this program. I was going to be there for a year. Um, I was helping lead after-school programs and set up a community center, things of that nature. And during that year, I met my wife and started the family. And, and I ended up staying in Peru for eight years. I, I co-founded various social impact organizations and and led a bunch of projects that had. I, mean, I was doing that all that during that whole eight years while I was also a professional MMA fighter, and that was kind of like the parallel path that I had for that time in Peru. And, and uh, yeah, you saw that when you came and came and stayed with us and, and lived in Peru as well for a year. But yeah, really awesome chapter of life, able to do a lot of good work. Like I said, was setting up community centers and after school programs, relief campaigns, where we're bringing warm clothing and blankets up to up to these really small villages, underserved villages in the Andes Mountains, like 17,000 feet altitude. And yeah, that was my all through my 20s and really incredible experience. And Peru, I felt super just like it was like a second home, turned into a second home and really grateful for those years. Yeah. And so from there, you, I mean, you, you moved down there initially for, to, to volunteer and, and to help people. You wound up launching an, an MMA career from there and give us, give us some highlights from the MMA career, how that, uh, how that worked out. I started training even before going there, trained a little bit in college. I started just because, you know, it was fun to learn, learn these new skills wrestling helped a lot, gave a really good base for it. So I was having fun training, but in the back of my mind, I was thinking like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe I could be good at this. And uh, so I kept training. I found a, I found a, a gym in, in Arequipa and then, and then Lima. Um, eventually I went, you know, I went pro. I did my pro debut in, in South America and uh, eventually got a, a South American title that I defended for, I was the South American champ for, for Inc FC for, for uh, four years. And in the next four years, I was working my way up and competing for Bellator and working towards a, a world, uh, up the world rankings there. Never got the, the world title there, but competed for a long time. I had an amazing experience with the sport. 
and yeah, learned a lot. Yeah. And so from there, you know, you, you, your, your life's taken this, this, you know, crazy trajectory. You go to Peru, you're fighting MMA, very unusual stuff. I'm sure like, uh, not everyone has those experiences. I'm lucky. I had it a little bit with, with you there, but then you decide to come back to the United States and launch this career. And so what was that decision like? Yeah. You never know where life will take you. That's for sure. It's been a journey, but you know, coming back to the States. So my wife and I, we were, we had a bunch of those conversations of just, you know, eventually we want to, we want to do the next chapter of life in the States just for more opportunities for our children. Yeah. Gaila and Zach, they're 12 and six now. It's like time's flown by, but you know, that was a, that was a big part of it and just different. And then also being a professional athlete is not something that's, you know, you don't do that forever and the injuries start piling up and you start thinking about, okay, what, you know, when's the, when is the, the right timing to move on to the next chapter of life? And during, so those things are kind of going through my head and then, and then it's so at the same time, so I'm kind of looking around and praying about it and thinking about it. And, uh, and then there's an opportunity to join the team for Beat the Streets Philadelphia and they're, you know, they're, they're hiring, they're looking for some leadership and, and, uh, and, and support on that team. And I followed Beat the Streets from abroad. I mean, you and I would talk about it. Like I knew, like, I always thought what an amazing organization, what, you know, this is, this is the kind of, this is the kind of organization that like you just really get behind and would just feel so grateful and honored to be a part of that team. So I applied for the job, ended up joining the Beat the Streets Philadelphia team. I had a couple different roles there. Uh, I started as the mentoring director then the director of strategic partnerships. And then from there, I started as the executive director for Beat the Streets National. So anyone that knows you knows that you're really passionate about serving others. I mean, it's a huge part of your life and then also wrestling and, and combat sports. And so the combination of these two things, I remember when you were first applying for the job and you told me about it and I was like, duh, this makes so much sense. So talk about what that meant to you to be able to, to combine two life passions like that and, and how it went. It feels like purpose. It feels like I can't imagine working for any other organization or any other job that would be more fulfilling. It's this opportunity to make a real difference in the world and we already are and the, but there's so much more that we could do it's it's an amazing feeling it really is an amazing feeling just being able to go to bed each night knowing like okay we're we're doing some really great things for the world but it's also a feeling of just like there's a huge need out there and we got to keep moving this mission forward like we got to keep going keep going keep going so it's also just like you know i don't ever want to stop like there's just so much to do you know we i care about it so much that it's like i almost can never turn it off like i'm just like we got to go we got to we got to keep building we got to keep growing this we got to keep keep strengthening keep getting better i'm i'm just yeah overall just really grateful honored to be a part of this amazing there's so many incredible people that have built beat the streets organizations that have made this all possible. And it's turned into a movement. It's turned into a national movement. Um, I believe eventually we'll, we'll turn into an international movement. And I really believe that there's going to be a day that we look back on all this and we could say, wow, we just, we just positively impacted a million youth across the entire world. I think that's the, that's the path we're on. That's the trajectory we're on. It's going to take plenty of time. There's lots of building to do, but it's just, that's where we're headed. It's working. It's working. And there's still this, enormous need out there that we need to go figure out how to meet that need. You know, in the previous few years, you're working for Beat the Streets Philly, and I've seen you grow and mature so much as a person and become such a leader. And I know during that time, you also got a, a master's degree and you're working for James Mangan at, uh, at at Beat the Streets Philly. And, you know, talk about some of the, the, the stuff you learned and, um, and the ways you grew during that time. 
I did. Yeah. I learned so much within the beat the streets organization, working for James really, you know, seeing how he leads. And as I had that opportunity to shadow great leaders working with, with Clint our chairman at, at beat streets, Philly and at beat streets national. Um, I, I've got to learn from really amazing leaders and mentors um, even before moving into this national position, you know, I got to work with all, all of the leaders at, at, at different chapters, you know, working with, with, with Yaru Washington, executive director of Beat Streets LA and board member at National. I've learned so much from him. I've learned so much from, from Mike Powell from Chicago, Brendan Buckley from New York. I learned so much from these leaders that it made me feel really prepared for this role. I'm still learning a lot as we go. You know, there's really great people in this organization that that I could lean on as a leader and have helped me and mentored me. And then, and then, yeah, and then you you mentioned also going back for a master's degree. So I, I went back to Penn uh, to get a master's degree in nonprofit leadership. First, I did a program there for uh, on, on social impacts. So I did an executive program there for social impact strategy. Then I went back for the master's in, in nonprofit leadership, and I also gained a lot of mentors there too, and a lot of just kind of institutional knowledge about the sector and about that's what makes me think really big when I see the potential for what beat the streets can be. I look at the trajectories, not of just, not of just what we've already done is amazing, but I also look at the trajectories of just, okay, where was, where was Habitat for Humanity when they were, when they were first starting or the, or the Boys and Girls Club or like these, these major, major nonprofits that are now impacting millions of people. And their journey, like there's, there's plenty of parallels in our journey and we can go, we could do that. We could take this organization across the country, meeting the needs of youth across the entire country and eventually across the entire world. We're going to keep getting better at the impact that we're having and the programs we're running. And then we're going to, we're also going to get better at scaling this, this impact. So around the time you were starting in Beat the Streets Philly, Beat the Streets National launches and talk a little bit about the genesis of Beat the Streets National and what purposes it serves and the kind of work you guys are doing there. First, it was this grassroots movement, right? You had Beat the Streets New York really got the mission out there and scaled that mission in 2005. And that was getting the, you know, now now people started thinking about, okay, Beat the Streets, we're, we're helping inner city youth through wrestling. I can get behind that. A lot of people started getting behind that and starting their own Beat the Streets chapters. It was this grassroots movement, started growing across the country, becoming a little bit of a movement. Then in 2017, you had the leaders from the four most established chapters, which are New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, Los Angeles. Those four leaders from those four organizations got together and said, "Hey, we need to build a we need to build a national." Like it doesn't we didn't start with this big national vision, but it's growing into this movement and there should be there should be a national organization for a few different reasons. One just pulling best practices of we can learn from each other. You know, everyone's trying to kind of like facing similar challenges in their communities and how to grow this. And there's, there's a lot of things that we can learn from each other. So let's, let's foster that collaboration. The other piece was setting a bit of a standard of just like, we want to make sure that each beat the streets organization is built to last and built to be a sustainable, impactful organization. So national, this national organization can really play a big role in that by pulling best practices from all the existing ones and, and providing that consulting support to either new chapters or just kind of upcoming chapters that could use, that could use some help getting to the next level. And then the other piece too was we're now having this national organization that represents the collective impact of all these chapters and the work we're doing across the country. Well, we could build national partnerships to direct and to direct resources and strengthen what we're all doing 
So those are kind of some of the some of the key reasons of why National was formed. The first few years, it was really about like building the structure of it. You know, what is the board structure going to look like? We have a member represented board. What are the, you know, all of the, the, uh, this accreditation process is a big focus, right? So my predecessor, Jeff Marsh and the, and the, and the national board, they spent a lot of time figuring out like, okay, where are all the different beat the streets chapters? What's the accreditation process to get them on board through national? All of that took a lot of strategy, a lot of time, but it was kind of a lean operation at that time, like, cause it was more, that was the big goal there. So you didn't need like a giant staff at the time. It was mostly one person, full-time staff, kind of small team. Most of the funding was coming from membership dues. And then when I, when I was hired, the, the role kind of changed because organizations evolve. And then now the stage that we're in is let's prepare for this growth phase. So let's really focus in on those those national partnerships and directing funding and resources to all the different chapters. And let's really focus on getting the blueprint and process to get new ones off the ground and scale this across the country. So now it's, we're getting ready for this growth phase. We're build, we build, we're built the team internally and we're growing the organization externally too. So you mentioned this growth phase and the next few steps. And so what are some of the more specific goals that beat the streets national has? So when we got together, this was even before I started in this role. I was volunteering on the, the fundraising and partnership committee. And we came together with this with this visionary campaign and start thinking about our long-term vision. And, and we lined up our visionary goals with the 2020 Olympics, which will be in Los Angeles. And the idea is that what an iconic moment to really get Beat the Streets people all together from across the country to celebrate hitting those goals. But they're big growth goals. We want to get to 28 new cities. So currently we have 10 chapters, but we're reaching 37 cities. So because our chapter work out in the smaller surrounding cities, each chapter could be in multiple cities. Um, so we want to add 28 by the year 2028. We're on track for that. We're kind of we're starting back from 2020 and building up. Um, so we're on track for that. And we got a plan for that. We put a lot of work into into figuring out how we're going to go do that. Um, and then then we also want to grow the number of youth. Right. We want to be reaching 28000 youth a year by the year 2028. And we want to put a specific effort in growing and growing girls wrestling and building upon that movement and get really intentional about getting female leadership in place that are focused on growing girls wrestling. So the idea is, can we get 28 female leaders across our network dedicated to growing girls wrestling across all the different chapters by the year 2028? So those are our kind of big 2028 goals, you know, 28 by 2028 is the kind of theme there. And they're all growth goals. You know, it's going to take a lot of support. It's going to take a lot of, we're going to need to build an army of supporters to get to these goals. We're going to need a lot of People, there's, there's so many people that have been so generous and, and, and really building this organization up until this point. We're going to need to bring in more people. We're going to need to really rally to achieve these growth goals. But there's but it's very possible. They're good goals. And we could do this. We could do this together. Can you tell us about some of the initiatives you've spearheaded at Beat the Streets National? Yeah, absolutely. So early on, we built, so we're starting to do these larger national campaigns that go and support youth from across all of the chapters. Um, and there's still so much more that we want to do, but I'll share some of the things that we have done. And then, and then some of the things that we're, that we're working on too. We, uh, right off the bat, we did the gear up campaign, which is going on right now as well. Um, we would love for people to, to plug in and, and, and support, but that the goal of that is to make sure that our youth can get all the gear they need to participate in the sport. Youth living in poverty are six times more likely to quit sports because of costs. We want to make sure that we are, 
eliminating those barriers to entry so that so that our youth are able to have this really amazing transformative experience that that you felt that I felt that, you know, the power of having a caring coach in your corner, community behind you, all these things that happen. Well, well, first we got to get kids through the, through the door and, and costs are a barrier. So we want to, we want to take those barriers away. So we, so we do a big national campaign. Uh, we partner with ASICs and gear to compete, good sports. Resolite's been supporting this as well. Um, and then we, so that means that every $50 donation provides, provides a youth $200 worth of gear. Um, so we're we're building upon that. Last our first year, we were able to send out three hundred thirty thousand dollars worth of gear, and uh, and we want to build upon that each year. We did the first ever Beat the Streets National Duels last summer. We had ten different cities bring teams and come together in Chicago. Chicago will also be hosting it in twenty twenty three. Really incredible experience. It was there a lot of kids' first times on a on a on a plane. You're getting camaraderie and building relationships with your beat the streets from you know, beat the streets Philly, hanging out with youth from beat the streets LA and all you know all these different cities and chapters coming together. Really powerful experience. Before the duels, it was a camp, so we had some of, we had amazing clinicians come. We had Ed Ruth come, Kevin Gadsden come. We had these great clinicians come and and spend time and to coach and share their journeys with our youth. We had. Uh, workshops like financial literacy workshops, nutrition workshops. So we're going to be building upon that each year as well. That was just an incredible experience for for our youth. And, and it also brought our coaches and teams and leaders together. Um, so that's another initiative that that has really taken off recently. Our coaches training and development. So, we, you know, every it's that's the quality of our I mean, coaches are delivering our mission. I always say the Beat the Streets mission it's really existed long before Beat the Streets. It's about that caring, passionate coach that really gets like, we want to help these youth in life. And and wrestling is a great vehicle to do that. It's packed full of life lessons. You learn you learn how to overcome adversity, bounce back from failures. You learn humility, but you also learn confidence. You learn all these things that we know that we've, we've, we've taken from the sport, but it takes that caring coach to really connect the dots and to be there for challenges off the mat and be there to just support our youth in life. So those are the, those, our coaches are just like, they're heroes. They're doing the mission. They're delivering the mission. Um, we want to invest more in our coaches. We want to invest more in a, in our training and development of our coaches so that we're, so all of our coaches are prepared to just do an amazing job for our youth. We want to invest more in hiring coaches and then also a tailored program to kind of really get our own we have this thing happening organically, but we want to get a little more intentional about it where we have our own youth coming through our program that are now signing up as coaches and being those mentors and coaches for, for their younger peers. Um, we want to get more intentional about that. We want to build a program that has funding and strategy to make sure our juniors and seniors in high school are getting coaches credential and opportunities to help out at youth programs and kind of like growing as leaders, growing as coaches and leaning into that full circle movement that's happening, which is so impactful and something that we're really proud of as an organization that we have, we have youth that come through this organization and they want to come back and volunteer. They want to come back and mentor and coach, or even join the staff team. Like John Guevara, our operations and development associate, he's an alum from Beat the Streets Philadelphia. Now he's, now he's on the staff at National helping change the, you know, he shaped the future of this organization. Um, So we really have Something that we're really proud of, we could we could really say that we have the voices of our youth shaping the future of this organization, which is an amazing thing to see. You mentioned that one of the goals was the growth of women's wrestling, and I was wondering what kind of steps are you guys taking to uh, to to grow that sport? So, women's wrestling is the fastest growing sport in the in the country. 
now beat the streets. 20% of our student athletes are female uh, compared to on the national average, it's only 6%, but it's a growing fast. And we want to make a big statement there. And one thing that we found, so just talking to different beat the streets leader, talking to female leaders in the space that are really committed to the growth of girls wrestling, they're all saying, well, you know what? It comes down to having female leadership established, having that women's program director role or head coach role, that woman, that woman leader, that female leader that's ready to, that is thinking about this day and night, that are recruiting girls to participate, that are building programs, finding opportunities to grow girls wrestling. So, so that's our strategy on leaning in and we're still building it out. Like I'm putting together a, we're putting together a committee of strong female leaders in this, that are in this space to really refine the strategy and get this going. But what we want to do is we want to bring in 28 female leaders into our network by 2028, starting with a position at national uh, with, we have a a head of women's programming and where we're at with that right now is we're first, we got to put together this committee to build out the strategy, help us find the funding and get these amazing leaders in place and the support needed to make this effort really unified and build this community. Um, Because what we've seen is that when we have, when we have a committed women's head coach or women's program director in one of our chapters, it is growing faster that way, you know? So we want to make sure that's, we want to make sure that every, every chapter has that person that's really focused on this. Uh, And I think we're, we're going to see tremendous growth there. We're going to see tremendous growth in participation and an impact. Yeah, I mean, I did an interview with Bjor up in Boston, and what a tremendous leader she is. I mean, what an inspirational person just listening to her talk. And I was thinking, like, just what a role model for any young girls in the program. She's tough and compassionate and and a, and a great leader and a mentor for so many. And so, yeah, it's just so great to have those leaders in the community. I mean, and there's just so many other ones, too, throughout the whole country. So Bjor is a perfect example, right? New England you have Bjor at you have Bjor leading the New England chapter. You have female leadership, and they have the high per, highest percentage of of girls participating. They're almost around forty percent. So that's really high. Wow. And uh, so that's something that's like that's proof of concept right there, right? When you have when you have female leaders in place, and she's actually she's leading the whole organization, you know. But we're talking about female leaders that are specifically focused on growing girls wrestling programs. It is proof of concept. We're seeing that you have female leaders in place that are focused on this, then it's happening. Uh, so that we want to lean into that strategy and really make the right hires, build the right structure so we can go and grow these programs. You know, as we talk about community and, and mentors and things like that and, and learning, you know, what's it been like having the opportunity to work with all these executive directors from different areas across the country, from L.A. to New York to D.C. to Chicago? I mean, it, it must just be incredible. So many great people in the community. Uh, I learned I learned so much from all of them and I get inspired by all of them. It's great to feel that we're in it together. It's great to have a support network that we could talk through challenges and and work with each other and get advice from each other. I'm really grateful that we have that community of leaders that we're all really passionate and care so much about moving this mission forward. It's something that just, it's needed, you know, it's going to take a lot of, it's going to, it's going to take that leadership. It's going to take a lot of people to to move this forward and, and to achieve the big goals that we've set out for ourselves. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just super grateful that we have that. And I've learned so much from, from all of our, our leaders from different Beat the Streets chapters across the country. 
So as I said previously, it's a big country and there's so many different diverse organizations. It seems like each city has their own unique problems and solutions and things to overcome. And so what's it like dealing with all of these different cities across the country? Well, you know, what's really the, with this structure now, now we have everyone's learning from each other too. And you can kind of see what's working really well in, you know, like um, New England's figured out that regional model right? They're in different states. They're in different, you know, they're, they spent a lot of time and strategy work and, uh, you know, learning how to, how to expand regionally. So that's someone that we can lean on when it's, when not only for existing chapters, but for new chapters coming on. Okay. Well, you know, we, we, we talked to, we talked to leadership there on how'd you do that? And, and, and we learned from that, you know, Chicago did the first ever, they did a capital campaign and they own these state-of-the-art facilities where they have tons of mat space and offices and a mentoring area. They have youth coming from across the entire city. Um, and anytime anybody's going to think about doing a capital campaign, we're talking to Chicago first, you know. These are just examples, but there's so many things, you know. LA's done incredible at the growth of the growth of female wrestling and also, you know, the whole different challenges with as far as it's a very spread out city and how do you get youth from different neighborhoods and different parts of the city to the locations where you're offering. And they've had to figure out all these challenges that are relevant to other Beat the Streets chapters, existing and incoming chapters. They're also the only chapter to have built an endowment um, and really set themselves up to be sustainable and last in perpetuity and all. So anytime when we're thinking about these are just examples. There's so many good things that each chapter is doing, but just thinking of some of the examples that, that we draw on as we're working with new chapters or, or, or existing chapters on how to just make all of ourselves better. Obviously, New York with the big with the big event, you know, anytime anybody's thinking about doing an event, we're talking to New York because that's just that has they, they really put the name beat the streets on the map through that. And it is a ton of work to make that possible. And, and it's important to talk to that team before trying to, before trying to do something similar. Um, Philadelphia, we have our mentoring center right in between Penn and Drexel. Um, we've really engaged the universities and it's a, uh, it's a, it's a great example of how to, how to maximize that wrestling ecosystem with the PRTC and the senior level athletes and the college wrestling athletes coming in and doing homework help and coaching practice mentoring uh so there's so each each city and then and then we could kind of draw exa uh, examples on just even younger chapters you know and and, and the the uh, cleveland's a younger chapter has been just showing a really great growth trajectory and i mean i'd really like to just kind of you know talk about all of them but you know it's you know baltimore baltimore lydell's been working with has a great partnership with the school district and the summer camps and he does a he does a wrestling camp summer camp with STEM learning as well. So it's just like really creative ways to integrate our programming. Uh, DC did a ton of advocacy work with the school district to get wrestling back in public schools after 30 years. It's been gone for 30 years. So they have all of that whole experience of behind the scenes and talking to doing the advocacy work with the, with with politicians in the school district to actually make this happen and, and, and make this program possible. Tons of lessons learned there. So it's just each, each chapter goes through, we go through some challenges are similar. Some challenges are unique. We all have things that we can learn from each other. And when national, we, we could kind of, you know, I, I get the, the really interesting perspective and to be able to, 
communicate with different leaders from across the country so I can kind of get that high level view or at least understand of just where to lean into when we're when we're working with new chapters on their program strategy. And, and, and uh, it's really, yeah, it's awesome. I just, you know, we have, we have such amazing people in this organization and it's really incredible to learn from all of them and see, see these efforts work and, and, and the impact that we're having. You touched on this briefly, but one thing that always fascinates me is, you know, like I think a lot of people from the outside, they look at beat the streets as just a wrestling organization, but as uh, we always say, you know, it's wrestling is just a vehicle to teach these other life lessons. And, and there's so much off the mat, programming and, and mentoring and, and academic work. And so I was wondering if you, you know, I know it's a little bit different at each each chapter, but I was wondering if you could just talk about some of some of the off the mat initiatives that are happening. Yeah, we do. We do homework help. We do college tours. We bring in guest speakers to do workshops on just like, you know, their career journeys and paths. We've had test prep happen. We've have all of these different, it's, it's uh, you know, the social emotional learning Wrestling is it's it's at our core because we believe it's a very impactful vehicle because wrestling means to struggle and that's an important thing to know how to do in life. You know, how do you struggle well? How do you overcome? How do you work through? You build all these mindset and mental you build the mindset that you need to to overcome and take on everything everything that, that life throws at you and, and, and you learn how to set goals and work towards those goals and all those all those lessons. But the work we do that's a piece of our program. You know, we're really about meeting youth where they're at, you know, getting to know our youth and saying, okay, what are, what are your goals? What are, you know, really meeting, meeting youth where they're at and helping them fulfill their full potential and walking alongside them as they work through, work towards their goals, work through their challenges. Our coaches, our staff, our organization wants to be there right alongside our youth, be in their corner as they're working through all sorts of things through as in life that in light of life throws at us. So, so that's what we're about as an organization. Wrestling is a vehicle, but we do a whole lot off the mat to really maximize that impact. And some of our chapters we're seeing that our youth are twice as likely to enroll in post-secondary education. We're seeing graduation rates for our youth compared to, compared to the, the average in the cities are just way higher in, in Philly. It's the graduation rate, 65% beat the streets youth is 98%. And then, but really what's, what's most, what really kind of just like tugs on me when I see is just seeing our youth come back full circle, do amazing things with their lives, come back full circle and want to be involved in this organization, want to give to this organization, want to build this organization. That to me is a testament of the culture we're building and the impact of the work we're doing. Ben, as always, it was so amazing hearing from you today. And I was just wondering if you had a final message for the Beat the Streets community or a call to action. Well, just to, to everyone involved in Beat the Streets, I mean, to our, to our youth, our youth are overcomers, our youth are just, we're so, we're, we're proud of you. We want to be there with you. And you're just, we have incredible youth coming through this organization and, and you've, our youth have inspired me and so many others. Um, so thank you and, and keep going, keep going after your goals. Our coaches Lots of gratitude to our coaches as they're delivering our mission. None of this is possible without a caring, compassionate coach in the corner of each of our youth lives. So it's just the work. Our, our coaches are heroes doing this work day in and day out. Um, so just gratitude towards our coaches and and our leaders. You know, our leaders are just they're they're bringing this all together. They're bringing they're bringing so many people together. They're moving this mission forward. Uh, our leaders on our staff level and board level and just 
It's just, it takes so many people to, to make this possible. And our supporters are donors. We need to fuel the mission. If we don't have everything we're doing takes resources. And without your support, we would not have the resources to do this work. So big thank you to all of our donors, supporters, or visionaries. It's impossible to do this without you. Those are really my messages. And and I mean, the really, I guess, the overarching message is it's been, it's amazing how far this organization has come already, but we're just getting started. There's a big need out there. We know that there is youth that need beat the streets across the entire country, across the entire world. I promise to everybody involved in Beat the Streets, everybody that's just listening to this and learning about Beat the Streets for the first time, we are not resting until we meet that need. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep building and we're going to do it together. We could achieve that together. Ben, as always, it was so great hearing your story and I'm excited to share some more stories on this Beat the Streets national podcast. So make sure you tune in. We've got some good ones coming up and uh, Ben, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Riley. Thanks. It was awesome to, awesome to catch up with you and thank you for doing this. Always great to catch up with my main man, Ben Ryder. He's just someone, he's so passionate about what he does. And, you know, I've known him for a long time and just an amazing guy. And so, yeah, we're so excited for uh, the future of Beat the Streets and, and all the initiatives as uh, as they take off and, and just such a bright future. So, yeah, uh, make sure you stay tuned for the upcoming episodes. We'll be talking to some executive directors from beat the streets around the country, some amazing people with amazing stories. And yeah, if you're enjoying these stories or inspired by by the work being done, uh, please consider making a financial contribution to Beat the Streets. You can donate at beatthestreets.org and you can find us on social media at Beat the Streets National. So thank you again and we'll see you next time on the Beat the Streets National Podcast.